Matthew chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. And for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Now during that time the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, No. The Scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So if you were with us last week, right before this, there's this moment where Jesus goes out and finds John. John is out in a desert place. He's, he's by the, uh, the river, and he's baptizing people. Jesus gets baptized. The heavens open. There is a voice from the heavens that says, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, and it's just this moment. You've got to imagine, if you were there, and, and, and the moment where you see Jesus go under the water, John brings him up. The Holy Spirit comes and descends on Jesus like a dove. There's this voice from the sky. I mean, if you were there, you were like, this is the moment we have been waiting for all of our lives. You were putting things on Twitter. Like, you, 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 you were updating everybody. You had letters going out. The entire world had to know. Listen, the skies opened up. There was a voice from heaven. And you would think like, at this moment, if this was Jesus, like, okay, it's been, it's been 30 years. We haven't really done a whole lot up to this point, but now we're getting ready to get going. I mean, and this is the perfect entry. This is a voice from heaven. I mean, at this point, all right, God. We need to gather everyone together and have a big conference. We need to get all the kings and all the queens and all the influential people together, and, and, and we'll just try and influence all the nations with the gospel at one time. Like, that's what you would think would happen. But the very next thing that we read is this, and then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let, let, let me read that to you one more time really slow. Led by the Spirit. So in other words, whatever happens next, you can't blame the devil. Whatever happens next, you can't blame your mama or your pastor or, 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 or whoever it is. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness, which they're already in a desert place. It's one thing to go from a desert to like, no, no, like, that's not bad enough. We're going to take you to the wilderness this next level of desert, to be tempted by the devil. That's not what I would expect to happen. Heavens open, boom, grand entrance. It's Jesus. What is he going to do? Uh, I, I remember oftentimes people use this phrase, I, I use this phrase, that, hey, we just want to be Holy Spirit-led. Who in here, you want to be Holy Spirit-led? Did you just read what we just, whoa, 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 hold on. Because I think what we think Holy Spirit-led is and what the Bible say Holy Spirit-led is might be two different things. See, when I think Holy Spirit-led, I'm like, all right, lead me to Hawaii. <laughs> Lord, if we could lead me there with pools and the sun and the little drinks with a little umbrella on top, all of that, that's Holy Spirit led with air conditioning and the conference and then all the world leaders, and then that's how we're going to do it. And that's not exactly what it says. It says 
The Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. I don't think that this is a good plan. As a matter of fact, if we didn't know better, we would blame this on the devil. Like, no, all of this good things happened. And then, whoa, 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 hold on. In a wilderness. And if you look at the scriptures, we see this pattern at work. We see this pattern time and time again. Where there's moments of great joy. There's moments where you're on the mountaintop and there's transfiguration. There's moments where you just, man, you came to church on Sunday and God was in the room and he touched me. And and it's just mountaintop experiences that I can't believe it. And then the next minute you are on the valley floor. You go from being on top of the world to a wilderness place in a short period of time. Moments of great joy followed by this wilderness, this hunger, this temptation, and the worst company ever. (laughs) And you find yourself, hold on, how did we get here? How did we get here? Because it was Sunday, and when Alan was leading worship, man, it was good. It was just like the presence of Jesus was right here, and we were worshiping. But now it's Monday morning, and I'm in a wilderness place again, and I just met the devil in accounting. <laughs> right there by the water cooler, you know? It's going to happen. Like, what happened? This high, and then this happens. Moments of the promise and hope, but it's always followed by the process. It's always followed by the process. Uh, let me show you a few other times. Joseph. Joseph has this dream. Hey, listen. Mom, dad, brothers, check this out. The sun the moon, the stars, they're going to bow down before me. This is a great dream. Do y'all know what it represents? I think I have an idea. I think they did too. Because the next thing you know, for the next 13 years, he found himself in a pit and in a prison. He found himself rejected. He found himself lied about. He found himself forgotten. Wait, hold on. There was a promise but then there was a process. David, he's out and he's doing his thing in the field and he's taking care of the sheep and the prophet comes to town and he's like, one of these boys is gonna be the next king. It ain't this one, it ain't this one, it ain't this one. Are you sure you don't have any more sons? Oh yeah, I forgot, there is one more. Like, have you ever forgot a child? You have, you have. Like, oh yeah, one, two, oh. Hey, no, I didn't forget you, baby. Forgotten in the field, comes in amongst his family, and the prophet just pours this oil all over him, just Crisco, just all up. And David's all oily and standing there, and everybody's just like, because they know what this means. He's anointed him. This is going to be the next king. Now you would think, okay, guys, the oil, the everything, it's dripping, king. Next thing, he's back into the field. He's tending the sheep. As a matter of fact, we find him saying, uh, all right, you know what you're going to do? You're going to take this bread and this cheese, and you're going to deliver it to your brothers. You're going to be a delivery boy. As a matter of fact, bread and cheese, little dominoes. First original dominoes, David, right there. <laughs> you're going to find yourself in this place for the next 15 years. And, and here's the thing. And you're going to go, and you're going to kill a giant. And even after you kill a giant, you know what your reward's going to be? The king's going to throw spears at you. He found himself in the king's court, and he found himself, he would go in and he would play music to to soothe Saul. 
and could you imagine, like, like Randy, our guitar player, just like, okay, pastor's having a bad day. And Randy just comes in, just a little jazz, a little, a little jazz it up, and then hits a bad note, and <laughs> whoo, spear, <laughs> spear. No more Randy. Like, that's what David had to do. Like, David's just playing jazz in the background, dodging spears, anointed king. Fifteen years between his anointing and when he actually became king. There was a process that he had to go through. Jesus himself stepped out of heaven and into humanity, born of a virgin. Thirty years later, until he comes on the scene and the heavens open and this voice from the sky, it just, yes, this is the moment, and you would think this is the moment where everything is going to blow up. No. The next thing we read is he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Here's the thing. We want the promise without the process. We want the promise without the process. See, we want to be Holy Spirit-led as long as the Holy Spirit is leading us in the direction that we're already going. Oh, yeah, we're Holy Spirit-led, and the Spirit's going to lead us as long as uh, you line up with everything I agree with. As long as everything goes smooth and they're smooth sailing, yeah, we could be Holy Spirit-led. As long as everything just works out the way I want it to work out, as long as I could get the promise without the process. And here's the thing, is it's in the process that God prepares us for the promise. It's in the process that God prepares us for what he's already prepared for us. And so there's a promise, there's a word that goes out, but you ain't ready for it yet, Joseph. You ain't ready yet, Debbie. There's a process that you've got to go through. And see, if we bypass the promise, we will never be able to hold on to the promise. You will find yourself touching the promise of what God's told you, and you'll find yourself it falling apart in your hands because you don't have the character to maintain what God has prepared for you. There's something in the process that you have to learn along the way. It's this moment where it's where... It's the spoiled kid that gets like a Lamborghini for a 16th birthday. Like no one would do that. Why? Because you're not prepared for that car. You have to go through a process. Yeah, you're going to get the 82 Honda. <laughs> my, my kids better be ready because that's what you're going to be driving, girl. 16, I want this. No, you ain't getting that. There's a process. You can pay your own insurance. We want... The promise without the process. One of the big things, I remember, and you're starting to see even more of all the infomercials or uh, debt reduction. You know, hey, you find yourself in debt. We'll, we will take all, all of your debt and we'll put it in one monthly lump sum payment, right? And, and you hear the, the stories of like, yeah, we were paying $2,000 a month and now we're only paying $1,200 a month. And you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody's so happy. And then you do it and then your friends do it and everyone does this debt reduction thing. But they don't tell you what happens three years later. Because three years later, now you're in the same place that you were before you did it, only with more debt. And you're trying to do it again. Why is that? Why is it that 90% of people that do this find themselves in the same place a few years later? Why? Because they didn't go through the process. They never learned how to manage their money. They never learned to undo some of the bad habits that got them in the first place. And so whenever they got to a place of like, okay, yeah, this is working, they just rekindle the cycle again and again and again. See, we want the promise without the process. Right now, I'm trying to lose 12 pounds. I love bacon. I hate 
to work out. I hate to work out. I, I want to lose this weight, but I don't want the process. I don't want to. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. We're right here. We're right here this morning. Like, I don't want to lift all this weight. I don't want to sweat. I don't want to go and run on that stupid machine. I hate it. Come on. Now we got church going on. Now, see, now I just need to know what nerve to hit. The process, the process. And, and if I'm not faithful to the process, and see, that's why everything tries to sell us the miracle pill. Oh, you just take this miracle pill. You can eat as much bacon as you want. It ain't going to work, y'all. It just ain't. I know it sounds tempting, and I know someone told you it works. It does not. It doesn't. Trust me. I want to be king. I want to be CEO. I want to be in a different place. Okay, but are you ready to be faithful to the process? I know you want to rule over much, but can you rule over little? I know you want to rule over an entire nation, but can you take care of these sheep? Will you take care of the sheep when a lion comes, when a bear comes? Will you fight for something when no one else is watching? Are you prepared to be anointed and then spend the next 15 years delivering pizza? The process. Led by the Spirit. But but, but hold on, Pastor. I, I remember... The psalmist saying, listen, he, he leads me besides still waters. I, just, I want that still waters. He leads me besides. Keep reading. He also leads you by this place that we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. They didn't put that in the manual. Like, who, who goes there on vacation? Where are you going? Valley of the shadow of death. Sounds great. Led by the Spirit. As a matter of fact, not only that, Jesus' idea of lunch is like, oh, we're surrounded by our enemies. Great place for a picnic. He prepares a table in the very presence of my enemies. I don't know about you, but I don't like seeing my enemies when I'm eating my meal. We're sitting on the other side of the restaurant. I don't even want to see her. I don't even want to see him. I want to, uh-uh. And God's like, no, 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 you can have a table right beside him. You can just, that's a good shrimp. He prepares a table, right? See, there's something that Jesus has he's trying to get into us. There's a process to this whole thing. Led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then it says this, to be tempted by the devil. To be tempted by the devil. Now, here's the thing about the devil. The devil's not omni-anything. Uh, God is omni stuff. All powerful, um, all wisdom, all knowledge, every place, all present. The devil doesn't have these abilities. He doesn't know everything. He's not in every place. And so we find that it's interesting that there's this moment in time where something has happened, the heavens are open, there's a voice, and now the very devil himself has come and take notice of like, ho, ho, I'm going to make sure I'm here for this one. And the devil himself is, is attacking Jesus, is tempting Jesus. See, here's this reality, like, we want the heavens to open. God, we, we want you to just right now pour out your spirit. We want this place to just be rocked by your spirit with just hearts and minds. and I mean, your voice speaking to us. But a byproduct of that 
is that, yeah, we'll all know it's happening, but so does the enemy. It's like a big neon light, like, hey, we want revival, yeah. But understand, if you want revival, it's like putting a neon sign in the heavens that's saying God's working over here, and the enemy is now going to try to attack you. He's going to try and do everything he can to keep that revival from happening. The heavens are open. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. We'll see about that. And, and so this, the devil himself is there. And, and I don't know about you, but like, if there's this moment where God's doing these things, I'm like, God, it's great, but like, don't draw too much attention. Like, I don't want to mess with the devil. Like, not too much attention. Just enough where we could have all of the, the joy of it, but I don't want to have to fight any of the battles. Come on, I'm the only one. I'm the only one right here. You know, it, it, it's kind of that moment, y'all remember in the book of Job, where it says, Satan came into the presence of God, and God says this, have you considered my servant Job? What? If I was Job, I would be like, God, seriously. If he hasn't, he is now. Thanks for pointing that out. I thought we were boys. I mean, it's the equivalent of like, if the tax collector comes in here, and then he's like, hey, we're doing audits, and I'm like, have you considered my buddy Chris? I'm just saying, have you cons- Don't say that stuff. God, what are you doing? And, and, and it's there, and the devil just, oh, he's there, and he's, he's, he's tempting God, and it begs this question, what is it in life that causes the enemy to take notice? What is happening in your life that would cause the enemy to want to attack you? What neon sign is being put up in the heavens? And, and, and I found this, that throughout all the scriptures, there's this, another common element. What causes the enemy to take notice? Anytime God's word goes out. Anytime God speaks, the enemy knows that his word will not return void. And so in other words, man, God has said something, so I know something's getting ready to happen, and I'm going to do everything I can. And even if I can't keep that from happening, I'm going to do everything in my ability to get you to doubt that word. Because the very first words he says to Jesus is to be a contradiction to what the Lord said to him. If you are, if you are who God says you are, I'm going to do everything I can to trip you up because I know his word doesn't return void if you are. See, like our temptation, our idea is like we think that it's just about turning the stone into bread. After all, Jesus is hungry. But here, let me, let me tell you this. The enemy doesn't care if you get your miracle. The enemy doesn't care if Jesus' belly gets full. What he's after is to get Jesus to doubt the word that God told him. The real temptation is the if you are. Not the temptation to turn the stones into bread, because this is Jesus. He could do that anytime. I mean, have you ever tried to fast? It's incredibly difficult. For all of y'all that are like, oh, it's so easy. You're crazy. It's so hard. And, 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 and here's one thing like, I have a fridge, and I can open up that fridge, and like, I'm just tempted. I'm tempted to just get in there and to, to eat. But if it's not in there, I can't eat it. If Devin didn't go grocery shopping, if we didn't go to Walmart, 
I have no choice but to fast. But this is Jesus, and he doesn't even need a fridge. At any moment, he could have been turkey sandwich. The willpower of Jesus during all of this. I would have been like, yeah, yeah, that's a Subway sandwich, and that's a, you know, like, the devil's trying to tell, he doesn't care if you get your miracle, as long as he could get you to doubt what the Lord is saying, if you are. Are you really who God says you are? Is he really pleased with you? Well, if so, then why are you hungry? Well, well, then if so, why do bad things happen to good people? If so, well, then, then why are things not working out for you? If you really are blessed, then why did you get fired again? If you really are the head and not the tail, why is it that you keep getting rejected? If the blood is still the blood, why aren't you healed? Why do the doctor's reports keep coming back negative? If you are who God says you are. I, 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 know, I know that they talk about tithing, but it just doesn't work for you because you've been doing it well and you're still struggling. See, it might work for other people, but it doesn't work for you. If you are. If you are. The temptation to doubt the word of God. See, because he knows, again, it will not return void. And if God says it, it is. Only thing he could do is get you to doubt it. He will get you to give up in the middle of the, pro- of the process because you think the promise is no longer relevant. Because I'm supposed to be king, but I'm delivering groceries. I'm supposed to be CEO, but I'm still mopping these floors. And it's been year one and two and 10 and 12 and 15, and I thought we would be further along than this. We've been married for 30 years, and we're still fighting the same fight. And I thought we would be further. God, are you there? Do you care? Do you love me? I know you gave me this promise. Sure doesn't feel like it. You're still in process. You're still in process. And here's the thing about the process. God is totally committed to it. So until we get it right, <laughs> until we, you will go around that mountain again and again and again. See, because we can't, we can't have you as CEO with those anger issues. You'll blow up in 60 days. There's a process that comes. And here's the thing. Sometimes the greater the promise, the longer the process I mean, I mean, Jesus, right? I mean, if anybody could have bypassed the process, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, but okay, could you imagine 30 years, uh, his father was a carpenter? I mean, Jesus just didn't sit around the house. You've you got to imagine that he was, he, was, he was building tables with his dad. I mean, just, what'd you do? I built some tables today, built some cabinets, had some horrible clients. Hey, they wanted pecan wood, not olive wood. Could you imagine, like, somebody being rude to Jesus? This isn't the table I wanted. No, no, no. Go back. Do it again. You know, I told you pecan wood. And Jesus was like, I think I told, I think you said olive wood. No, I said, I'm pretty sure you did. 
think just growing up. That's not in the Bible, just so y'all know. That's it's just a story to make a point. I don't know if he made tables. He probably did. Process. See, we can find ourselves in a place where we've heard the word of God. The heavens have opened. We've, we've experienced an outpouring of the spirit and then still be hungry in a wilderness place. And we want to blame it on the devil, but sometimes it's because we've been led by the spirit of God. And he's trying to get something in you. He's trying to teach you something. And in those moments, each one of us is going to have a decision to make. The decision is either I'm going to believe what God said or I'm going to believe these lies of the enemy. I'm going to believe the promise, and I'm going to believe that this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, or I'm going to believe every lie, everything that the enemy puts on me to try to get me to doubt what God has said. There's a decision. See, if we could believe it in the light of noon, can we believe it in the darkness of the night? Now, the temptation for me is it's real easy for me to preach this to you. It's real easy for me at this point to be like, hey, we can't doubt in the darkness what we heard in the light, and, and we get all riled up. But the truth is, it's a struggle. The truth is, it's a daily. See, it's not just this one-time decision of, I'm going to believe the word of God, and I am who I said that. No, I'm going to have to do that again tomorrow and the next day. And the next day, and the next day, because every day the enemy's gonna keep hitting with if you are. And the, okay, today, God, I am who you say I am, and I'm gonna go through this again and again and again. It's not a one time decision. I've gotta crucify my flesh daily. And yet, for some of us, we're content with turning rocks into bread. We're content with just, oh yeah, now as long as I get what I want. And don't realize the whole time the enemy doesn't care anything about that. Sometimes we cloak all of our insecurity and our doubt and spiritual jargon. We could say all the right things and we could give all the right hallelujahs and all the yes and praise and amen. The (laughs) The truth is like, no, no, you were scared to death. The truth is, you are out just crying out the moon, just, God, do something, because I'm at the end of myself, and I need you to come through. Uh, And that's why I love that there's this moment in the scriptures where Jesus, 100% God and 100% man, he finds himself in this garden, and he's just just sweating blood. There's this moment of just like, I'm just praying God again. He says, not my will, but yours be done. If there's any way that this could pass... If any way I could bypass this part of the process, please. And I love that we see this in Jesus because that's, that's our hearts. Yet nevertheless, even if I have to do this, okay, okay. I'm committed to the process because the next part is this. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. You've got to get the word in you. You have got to get the word of God, and I know that this is the word of God. And when the enemy tempts me, I'm going to come back with the word because it's the thing that's not going to be returned void. And God, this is the word. You need something more 
when you're going through it. You need something more when the doctor says stage four cancer. You need something more than just a good sermon and a good worship team. You need the spirit of God inside you. You need the power of the resurrected Jesus in your life when your marriage is falling apart and when your kids hooked on crack. You need it. Of Jesus, just God, I need you. The good times, the bad times, everything. And so often I saw this, I just stole somebody else's illustration. This pastor said, Sometimes we, we walk around and we're, we're like this empty bottle, just n- n- no word in us. And then the enemy comes and just, just crushes us. But when we're filled with the spirit of Jesus, when there's something greater on the inside than the pressures of the word on the outside, it doesn't matter what he does. See, you've got to have something on the inside because the enemy's going to everything he can. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I was in a meeting this week, and if you'd all stand to your feet. I was in a meeting, and the question was asked, 2020 and everything that went on, what would you do different? What would you do different? And a lot of people gave some good answers, and I got to thinking about it, and I started making my list of all the things that I did wrong. But then I got to the end of that list, and I realized I wouldn't change any of it. Because everything that I had to go through got me to where I am now. And my heart is so full. My heart is in a place where, oh, Jesus, you could strip it all away. And as long as I have you, it's enough. I found myself, I've gone through a process. And now, God, your spirit is alive inside of me. I told somebody, I feel like I just got saved. I may have been your pastor for 11 years, but I just feel like I just got saved the other day because Jesus is so real. The Spirit of God is alive. And if you're waiting for revival to happen, it's happening. And God is just pouring out his Spirit. And and it's not just like, there's this, I mean, if we change this and change this and change this, just surrender. Just try, like, just being quiet in his presence and just letting him have his way. Saying, God, it's yours. All of it, everything that you've been going through, everything that you're still going through, it doesn't make the promise void. You are still his son, his daughter, in whom he is well pleased. And he loves you so much to keep you in the process so you could handle the promise. But it means some things have got to change. See, he's coming back for a pure, spotless bride. And it it means one or two things. Either he's going to change or we're going to change. He ain't changing. You've got to change. You've got to lay your pride down. 
You, 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 there's things in your life that you, you find great enjoyment from all your conspiracy theories. Stop that mess. You find great enjoyment with spouting your every word on Facebook. Stop it. We just spit out all of this negativity and expect joy to come in return. Like God's trying to teach you a lesson. How are we going to have revival if our eyes are just being open to just all the, all just the, the nastiness and we, just, we, we end up spewing that out and we bring it in and we spend six hours a day on the news. Like right now, I'm just in this time where I'm like, I'm just trying to detox all of that from my life. And then the more I do, I mean, the more joy. I'm just like, man, it's kind of like that moment in the Matrix where the dude is like, the ignorance is bliss. I don't need to know some of this stuff. It really is. I'm like, I don't care who's mad at who. Don't need to know. Really don't care. I'm, you know. Man. But are we willing to pay the price? Or are we content with just taking stones and turn them into bread again and again and again all the time realizing it's not the miracle that's the point god could do that in a moment i love this moment in the scriptures and i've prayed this prayer so many times where this guy is with jesus and he says listen i believe help my unbelief I find myself just every day, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me, help, help me to get through there. Help me, help me to, to lean on your word. Help me to, to lean on not my own understanding. Help me to, to follow you wherever you lead, even if it's into a wilderness. Help me to be faithful to the process, even when I want to go in a different direction. I'm not content with the miracle. I won't stop until I get the miracle giver. God, just as your church, we cry out for you. As your church, we just humble ourselves. We humble ourselves in, in, in just the presence of a mighty God. God, and we believe. Help, help, help our unbelief. God, forgive us for giving in to the temptations of this world, the temptations of the enemy, and for selling you out time and time again. God, we want you. God, I want, I want change to happen in this county. I want to see your church unified. I want to see your sons and your daughters living fully alive and the gospel being preached at every corner of this county. God, I want revival in me. I'm tired of being crushed by the enemy. I want to be full of your spirit.
God, help me to believe everything I say I believe. Lord, help us as your church to to live out everything that we teach our kids. Help us to be honest and true and faithful and loving, humble. Rip out the Pharisee in me. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus.